Let's hit recording then. Okay, yeah, it's recording. Uh, episode 41. Uh, I'm with Shilpa Sai and Atreya Mathur. To my seniors and amazing people uh, with an amazing uh, niche for uh, the legal stuff, uh, as I say. So, uh, thank you guys for being a part of the show. I'm really excited to talk to you guys. Thank you so much, Kishan. That's so cool. We're so excited. <laughs> This. <laughs> yeah, this is such a great opportunity. It's so nice that you're even doing it, you know, uh, especially making use of this entire corona situation to do something exciting and something great, just like what we would be speaking out today mm-hmm. about our uh, so called venture slash startup, to put it, I guess. <laughs> okay, yes. so this is started right away. Uh, I have a, I, I was just uh, uh, making notes on what to ask you guys in this conversation. So the first question that I came up with was, what was your motivation to start whatever you're doing? Like the startup you guys have right now, what was your motivation behind that? I guess Atriya is the right person to answer this. So Atriya, yeah, go for it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Shilpa. Thank you, Kishan. All right. So um, to answer your question, I'm going to have to uh, go back um, by about a year <laughs> to mention the time when we were actually applying for our LLMs. And the thing is, it's it's always been my, my dream to pursue my LLM and after that, my PhD to enter legal academia. People always say, you know, after five years of undergraduate law school, you're probably crazy to do another one. And I plan to do three, four more after this as well. But wow. I, I knew something that I always wanted to do. So um, yes, uh, it, it was really great because while I was applying to these universities, uh, Shopa also decided to do her LLM and we got to do the process together. So it was, it was a lot of fun in that sense, but I finished applying for my LLM really, really early because I, I planned it. I just wanted uh, to be done with it as soon as possible because I'm really paranoid. That also led me to applying to 11 universities. Wow. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was insane. Um, yeah, but after I finished that, I began helping other people. And once Shopa finished her application, a lot of, a lot of our batchmates itself would approach us and we would help them out with the application process, where to apply and things like this. And that was just the beginning of it. Throughout the, throughout the entire year, people would message us on Instagram, on, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, asking for advice or help. And the thing is, because we were working and uh, we had other things going on, it was very difficult to allocate the time for it. And a lot of times people would also feel a little guilty to, to say, you know, we, we really hope that we're not eating into your time. And then, then we came up with the idea just, just about a month or two ago at max, that why don't we actually build this into something? Because uh, the, the gap right now between what we're doing and when our programs begin, there, there was still a good, a good few months and the lockdown has been, it's been really, it's been really tough on, on all of us for different, for different reasons. And I think uh, we were a little down as well. And as, you'll, as, as we'll come to the term, what Meraki means, I think that really helped us put our soul into, into pursuing something we loved. We, Shopa is one of the most social people that I know as well. <laughs> and she loves talking to people and she always knows so many, so many students, so many teachers, everybody. So when we, when we, put, when we put our passion together and um, we decided to actually open something to interact with people and personalize it to such an extent so that we can show our love and help people towards legal academia, we knew that, that this is something we could both conquer together. And more than that, this would never feel like a job for us. This would be something that, that we're more than happy to do every day. So Shilpa, you can take it from here. Yeah, well, uh, so like she said, uh, like when we were students ourselves, a lot of our friends used to approach us with helping them out. And it used to be very difficult because we couldn't uh, dedicate as much time to actually help them out. And after uh, we graduated, okay, not graduate technically, but yeah, during the last few months, uh, a lot of uh, juniors again and some from other universities like Jindal also had contacted me. I don't know how they got my contact or whatever. 
and uh, you know so uh, i was also discussing this with atreya and then we've been getting a lot of these kind of requests from our juniors itself so yeah i mean it was something like why don't we uh, we know it's always joke about it you know you know we start actually charging people for it because uh, you know we're putting so much of our effort in doing this it also kind of some, somehow went back to when we used to share our notes with our classmates before exams mm-hmm. our notes used to go down not only to our classmates but to our batchmates and some of our juniors as well so you know we used to always make a joke about it like, you know we should actually start charging people for this this is like yeah. our intellectual property <laughs> all of that and yeah that's where this entire i guess idea cropped up finally by putting it all together so yeah, yeah it was like a Mm-hmm. Yeah, we took it about one week to actually put it all together. Like you know, coming up with the name, the brochure, and everything. It was a great process, and to see where it has gone from, you know, <laughs> just thinking about it as a joke to actually having multiple flights right now. It's 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 a surreal feeling. Yeah, it really is. And um, you know, like like Shopa was saying, uh, we we actually decided to finally put a couple of our other things aside and. you know use this as as a business model and actually uh give it a more professional feel because before this usually what we would do is that we would voice note our advice through through whatsapp and on instagram and things like that so um it, the the messages sometimes got lost as well and no one even though they were very appreciative of it i realized that probably they won't be able to hold on to those voice notes and and such for a long period of time and while other people would probably just uh give maybe 5 5 or 10 minutes and send voice notes or call and advise others we as people always always put that extra effort in and i mean we would send send voice notes for like 20 30 minutes <laughs> <laughs> and it would be it was crazy so um we would we would take a substantial amount of our time and our day to invest in it because we never even realized how much time we would be spending helping other people out because we like i said we enjoyed it and we really loved doing this so we we decided that if if we really want to make it more professional and we know that we put up we put a lot of research into what we do and this i'm not even talking about this professionally or academically but anything even even when we're stalking somebody online or something we put our hearts <laughs> into it so, <laughs> so even when we did this it it worked out it worked out well because we only dedicate our time to making sure that we give something that's that, that's great and of quality and that people would appreciate <laughs> so i would i would just like to correct atreya a little bit there i won't call it stalking i would call it social research yeah legally so, correct research <laughs> from the social researching skills you know right from our school days so we knew that you know legal research or something is like you know probably our forte now <laughs> Okay so oh. next question right after this okay so you guys as i've seen shilpa uh, i haven't met atreya personally but mm-hmm. uh, i feel she even she is like a really dedicated focused laser focused person but as i met shilpa <laughs> she uh, like she has been she's she's so much she's so passionate about the legal field um, i mean i've seen her uh, travel through a lot of countries for the legal work and <laughs> and representing the college representing herself and putting her uh, putting her work out there no it took a lot of guts and my question to you both is how important is it to find your passion in whatever you guys are doing be it the legal acad- uh, legal field or anything for that matter you know how do you guys find your frequency in whatever you're doing yeah um uh, you know, to be very very honest kishan i wasn't all this focused until i actually met atreya because i was actually a very i mean i knew what i wanted to do but i didn't know how to channelize it towards the right uh, direction into the right path hmm. but then you know i don't know like they say you know that everything in this world happens for a reason and that you meet people because of a reason and i feel and all my reason in life was probably because i met atreya because if you feel that i am very focused and i am very dedicated atreya is probably a 100 times more than that and it is only her influence that rubbed off of me and i have i've come to the state because the kind of dedication the kind of passion the kind of i don't know you can add any number of adjectives to you know to her passion for the field of intellectual property 
it is amazing and i can personally vouch for it that passion truly will take you a long way in you know achieving your dream or your goal because you know at the end of it that is your uh, what you call fuel to run this you know journey of life or whatever because it is very important because that is what is going to help you focus on achieving a certain something and i'm sure atreya would agree with that because uh, i like for the longest time i've known her i mean of course that is probably 4 5 years now almost she has only heard about one thing that is intellectual property art law and you know copyrights basically and look where, where that's gotten her now so yeah awesome, oh my awesome. gosh so what do you have to <laughs> say atreya yes like shofa said um uh, first of all that was so sweet shofa <laughs> You've done such incredible things. I'm so happy to be a part of those. It makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but like she said, passion is something that is it's so important because a lot of times if you try to do something that that doesn't really work for you or because you wanna you wanna just uh, make money or you wanna do what's the most popular thing at the moment, at some point you're gonna get tired of it and you're not gonna work on it any further. It's just gonna bore you. You're not gonna feel fulfilled. So finding passion is something that that's that's not just important in a field that you're interested in, something that you wanna pursue professionally, but it's important at a personal level. and for this i would i would always always say that never restrict yourself to finding something that you're passionate about because you can find it in every little thing okay i personally have have found things that i absolutely love and that have that have made me into who i am today by by just watching movies by watching tv shows by by just observing other people by by listening to music all of the little things that you do it sort of inspires you and uh this is something that i would have told a lot of our clients right now and shofa of course knows this but um the reason yeah. i actually chose to pursue uh art law and copyright law is because i was inspired while i was traveling to new york i had gone to the museum of modern art uh moma in new york and i saw a painting over there it was actually a blank canvas and there were recordings in the background that were playing and i thought about contemporary and modern art and how the hell can something be protected under copyright law if there's nothing actually there and that inspired me so much in my fourth year that my dissertation was on art law the subjects i've chosen right now is is on art law and i'm and i'm able to pursue it in in new york where i first felt that that surge of inspiration and this wouldn't have happened if i didn't have other things that i was passionate about if i didn't enjoy traveling i never would have been in new york if i didn't like galleries i never would have gotten the idea to pursue art club because that is that's not something we have in college right now at an undergrad level so you have to take inspiration from everything around you never restrict yourself thinking that oh you know i should find something i'm passionate about in 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 corporate law without even knowing what it is or whether you'd enjoy it once you find something that sparks that passion in you i think you're going to be set like i said not just professionally but you'll feel more fulfilled in every little thing you do i think shopa can also also uh, vouch for this uh, with her passion uh-huh. for doing entertainment law and uh, movies and hollywood and all of that <laughs> yeah because you know i have a very personal and very close experience with respect to this uh so my actual i mean you know i would say my original reason that i took up in the first place was because i wanted to represent you know one direction um the boy band okay <laughs> yeah as a example because i was a huge fan of one direction and as in my 10th grade like by the end of it yeah by then they like broke up and stuff so that was a whatever on tour or anything but yeah but that was like my basic motivation as to why i took up law because i wanted to represent them because you know i always had a desire to become an actress or you know be in the hollywood but that okay for whatever reasons didn't happen uh, so i was like okay fine if not an actress i could probably you know represent an actress or i could represent my favorite i don't know hollywood star or something of that sort and that is one of the reasons why i chose law and even before i could think of where to do my undergraduate course i had set my eyes on this particular llm in media and entertainment laws from ucla 
so like my dream college for my masters was decided even before my undergraduate college so yeah that's how it all happened and i did law but then somewhere down the line i somehow got you know carried away with the popular notions about you know being in the corporate law side i mean i'm not saying it's wrong or anything of course not to each his own and i would really respect people who are there but you know not for me at least and uh, after like a couple of internships at you know the various you know, places i had interned at i realized that wait what am i even doing it's not even the reason why i chose law so what happened to that entire passion of mine i can't just like go for waste and uh, somehow luckily when i realized i mean when this realization hit me hard uh, it wasn't too late because my marks were fine by then like like you know it was good enough for me to apply so yeah like you know like i had mentioned earlier it's all destiny and what's meant to happen will happen so i mean i mean you can't leave everything on destiny of course it yeah. it needs to be fueled by passion otherwise it will just take a longer time and you will be lost for a longer time so yeah passion is is certainly a guiding light i would say yeah i think uh, each one of us would agree uh, if we say that passion is yeah as you guys mentioned there out passion should be the fuel which will drive you forward and uh, make you achieve your goal but uh, as a young person as your junior speaking of uh, on those terms so i want to ask you this how do you guys uh, so when you are following something you want to achieve your passion your dream how do you guys overcome that fear that probably tries to inhibit you you know there's always that sense of fear that sense of notion where okay you will fail like what should you do what will you do if you fail you know that's the one that's one of the most important questions that you know really give me anxiety when i think about uh, you know i shouldn't be pro- thinking about my future right now because i should be concentrating on what i'm doing and be better at that but you know when that wave of anxiety hits you you can't stop but overwhelm yourself by thinking okay uh, this i have to do this by any means possible you know to achieve that level of uh, success or uh, to achieve my dream which i uh, am passionate about you know i should put in all of the all of that work but that fear within that's really uh, you know it's a scary fact like what do you guys think should, should you uh, probably try to overcome that fear or go with the fear you know follow that fear and make it probably understand why you're scared and then move ahead i i do think that a part of that fear having a bit of it within you would it would innately sort of motivate you to continue on the path forward but one way that has personally worked for me and i'm sure shopa would probably agree to this as well is surrounding yourself with very supportive people having a supportive environment is probably going to be the best thing that that can happen because as as you know sometimes law school can be very overwhelming as it is it can be a little toxic at times too and it can just be exhausting so if you you know and on top of all of that when you fear things about yourself and you are are scared that you may not be able to achieve what you want to or or have your potential there are already so many people who are probably trying to bring you down you cannot make yourself one of those people who bring you down and having a supportive environment and it doesn't matter it can even be one or two people it can be your family your friends but just having people to rely on and and share share your dreams with it's so it's so vital because when you talk about the things that you love and you discuss it with someone who appreciates you and can also share that passion it automatically motivates you to move towards it just to give you a little example the whole process of applying for an llm was obviously very daunting but what was even scarier was was waiting to hear whether you got in or not cuz you applied yes. there nothing you can do about it and you you can you constantly question yourself you're just like oh my god am i going to get in have have other people heard back what if someone has heard back and i haven't and mm-hmm. it it's just it's really scary but when when i was going through this with shopa a lot of the times we would talk about the course we would talk about the program we would even talk about living in the cities i would talk about a uh, new york shopa would talk about los angeles and we would we would discuss all of these things without even without even having 
are, are concrete answers that whether we'll actually be going or not. But that gives you the confidence to move forward because it, it shows that somebody else also believes in you and that they can do it. Now, we also have incredibly supportive families that, that, that tell you that, you know, you've done well and you can achieve this. So surrounding yourselves by those kind of people is really important, apart from being motivated and trusting yourself it's all right to doubt yourself sometimes of course it's it, it'll be ridiculous to say that oh i can achieve anything at any point no that that doesn't work either yeah. but striking a balance between that i i always believe that, that that's a good way to go as long as you have people who are there and believe in you as well that's a way that that helps you out and it isn't necessary to have like 10, 15 people, even one or two at a, at a time. It's, it's absolutely fine because as long as you know that no matter what happens, you have that faith in yourself and somebody else also is sort of pushing you towards doing it, that would help you, that would drive you more, even if you think you may not be able to make it. And yeah, that, uh, Shopa, <laughs> anything? Yeah, that's what I was, I was going to say as well, because you know, the support system that you have will help you eliminate most of the fear that you would probably have with respect to anything that you're dealing with right at, at, at a current point of time. Because, you know, anxiety is all driven by these self-made up things in your head, right? That's like, you know, put it in a very simple way. Of course, like, you know, when, of course, I'm not talking about clinical anxiety or where, like, much more deeper things than that. But like what Atriya said, when you have supportive friends, when you have supportive people, when you have your family that's supporting you, who believe in you, who are dreaming the same things as you, it's a very nice and conducive environment that you're in. So that, you know, it kind of helps you, you know, cast away these doubts. Because, you know, somewhere you would probably have that thing that, okay, yeah, what if I, I mean, I actually have a genuine chance of, you know, achieving what I dreamed of. So, you know, it is, it's, it's nice. Like Atharya said, it's impossible or it's not the right way to go about, you know, being very arrogant and overconfident about, yeah, I can achieve anything because that's not a good way either. And a little self-doubt, it is good so that it helps you keep you grounded, you know, because you start thinking about other possibilities, you know, like, you know, there's this adage that goes, that you know, don't put all your chickens in one basket. It, you know, this kind of self-doubt sometimes helps you with that, so that you, you know, you make calculated decisions. That, you know, you aim at the right things. That, you know, you're having realistic options in your mind and stuff. But at the same time, you know, I still remember when I was writing my SOP and I was looking for inspirations and stuff. There was this one quote that I had come uh, um, across, which basically was, if your dreams don't scare you, you're not dreaming big enough. And that was something that really motivated me. Like, you know, that is so true because if your dreams don't scare you and if you're just thinking of normal things that would happen anyway in the normal course of your life, I mean, that's just the force of nature. I mean, it's nothing more than that. But then you need to put in some sort of hard work to make your dreams come true. So it's all like I would say, like this invisible hand theory of what Adam Smith had said. I know it might be a far too stretch to connect economics and this so-called <laughs> philosophy that I'm telling you right now. But it's something like that, you know, because you, if you have like this big dream in front of you, you know, you need to work hard for it. It won't just randomly or automatically happen for you. So, you know, you put in that effort and make, try making things happen for you. And, you know, I'm sure Atreya would agree to this because she believes in this as well, that, you know, the world conspires for you. So I feel like it all comes together, like in a big whole circle at the end of the day. But yeah. Uh, fear, dreams, everything, they're all part and, you know, part of life. You just need to go along with it. And yeah, you know, to overcome it is something, it's difficult at that point of time when you're looking at it, you know, but then start looking at things from a bigger picture. Take one step at a time because Atra has always told this to me because I've had a lot of, you know, anxiety attacks in the past and I would like just call her up. And yeah, supportive friends is what you really require. And she would just tell Shiba, breathe one step at a time and that's how you know i got to where i am right now so yeah oh that's amazing like uh, getting tips from you guys seniors uh, for me right now is <laughs> important thing to keep me going uh, so one small question here how was graduation or did you guys gra uh, have a graduation <laughs> yeah we we had a virtual graduation <laughs> just, just recently actually um we didn't really participate in it but it was nice to see our names over there for, for a bit. <laughs> yeah, a photo. 
It was like a duplicate version of a KP login, to be honest, because they use the same photo. <laughs> not the not the most flattering photos. <laughs> Yeah, how would With it feel, uh, of your face. Yeah, how would it feel to uh, you know be the one of the most unique batches to graduate? <laughs> unique is definitely one one word to put it. <laughs> um, I, I feel at least we are going to be a very talked about batch. Um, the 2020 batch, no matter what which field we're in, no matter what department, what university, we're gonna have one hell of a story to tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's there because right from our uh, uh, final exams, because the thing is, in our 10th semester, we ideally have to give only two written exams and the rest are practical subjects. Yeah. And out of the two written exams also, Atra and I chose for one written and one practical in that as well. So we literally had only one exam to give and imagine that exam being continuously postponed and having no idea as to when that would be held was... I don't know what to say. I don't even know the right word to use. Frustrating? I don't know. Awesome, because, yeah. yeah. And it would just keep getting, we would get the timetable like every few weeks. And then again, it would come like a revised timetable and we would be so done. Like, when do we start studying? And and most of it, what had happened is uh, our portions were kind of cut off incomplete because our classes ended a few days earlier or something like that. So in the end, when the teacher scheduled some video call on Google Meet and something, yeah, so it was like all a mess. But at the same time, it was a quite it was quite a different experience and like she said 2020 is something I, I, it'll just go down in history i would say yeah yeah we've been graduating for spot. six months <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've been for six months correct you guys probably had the longest graduation or any batch that graduated ever yeah definitely <laughs> okay uh, so i want to ask this on a personal level uh, what are your tips for law school, man? What, uh, what should I, what should a person or uh, what should a law student, what should your junior do better to uh, stand out? I think that's the pretty much good word to put that in. Oh wow, that. Uh, what should a person do? Well, out of personal experience, I would say, be yourself one hundred percent. Do not ever. No, be let down by someone because they can't be who you are or they can't understand who you are and surround yourselves with people who believe in you and who support you unconditionally. Yeah, that would be my advice because studies will happen. You know, studies will happen. That is not something you need to worry about. So that is there. But then law school journey itself is five years long and to get through it all and to remain in the same condition after you finish the five years, you need to have this confidence that you know you should be you do not let anyone tell you otherwise and you know believe in yourself that is one the most important thing ever yeah yes um and of course uh, apart from that when you mentioned you know what you should do to stand out never be like like shilpa said that if you are yourself never shy away from expressing that and being as creative as you want to take opportunities that are different and that are as representative of who you are all right you have to capture you have to capture the things that that excite you and no matter what that is don't don't think about how great it's going to look on your cv or something think about the value that you can that you can use not only in law school, but in your life, because no matter what you do, you can always word it and make it sound a certain way to make sure that it looks it looks presentable and it looks great from, from a professional perspective. But if you really want to stand out, take things that that other people may not glance at, link things that you're passionate about that aren't legally related with the law. If you're interested, if you're interested in poetry, link it to the law. If you're interested in photography, link it to the law. Do something that you really want to do and find a way to connect it. The more creative you are, the more your application for anything would stand out, whether it's an LLM or whether it's a job, use that creativity because no one no one can, can say the same thing that you do, all right? Because uh, if, if two people are competing for the same job, they're always going to have the same internships. They're going to have they're going to have some publications and things like that. What would make you stand out is just your creativity. 
Otherwise, the substantive content of five years of law school is going to be the same. So do something exciting. Do something that 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 would be that would really speak for who you are as a person, and then find a way to connect it. Don't don't back down. Don't think that oh God, how how would this how would this work? No company would want to see this on my CV. That's the whole thing about standing out. That even if it's cheesy, even if it's a little silly, your name is going to stay on the top of their minds. They'll be like, "What is this person talking about?" But it, it's going to be it'll it'll get you there. I think don't ever don't ever shy away from that. Yeah. I Okay, so uh, I want to say this one thing, uh, Adria. If you remember, you did this session with uh, Pushkar where you gave uh, tips on how to, you know, uh, get through LLM or apply for LLM. So uh, I was I listened to that conversation with you and Pushkar, and I think uh, that gave me a boost of confidence because uh, I am really passionate about filmmaking and all of that. And oh, wow. I usually had this dilemma in my head where. Uh, Okay, I'm doing law, and I'm passionate about filmmaking. But equally, I'm passionate about both the fields. Now, how would I? Uh, should I outweigh one over the other, or should I just uh, carry the burden of both the fields? Or I was really confused in what to do. But I think that gave me a really good perspective on uh, focusing your creativity on uh, using the legal field. Now, you can use all the legal aspects. Which exists to whatever you're passionate about, to to intertwine both of them, if I can use yeah. that. Perfect. That 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 is it. And before I forget, um, since you mentioned this, I just want to let you know. I, I'm so sorry. This is off topic, but there is a brilliant um online course on filmmaking and law that's given by NYU. So you should check that out. Yes, we have brand ambassador already. <laughs> Yeah. You would love that. It's so good you're thinking um, on the, on those lines, Kishan, because that is exactly the way to go about it. Con connect these things together, and of course, um, uh, entertainment law and IP law; those are critical in filmmaking as well. So the scope for that is going to be unending. It's going to be so exciting. Yeah, I probably want to uh, pursue LLM and probably end up in New York. Uh, so yeah, I'll meet you there. Oh, wonderful! I look forward to that. <laughs> okay, so um, moving on, uh, let's mm -hmm. talk about Meraki. Uh, what does it even mean? Like, where did you guys come up with? Uh, how do you find the word? Uh -huh. You know, um, before we get to that, I, I do want to tell you this on how on how this was sort of uh, conceptualized. I remember Shofa that. Uh, it was one. It was one random night. Both of us were actually working at this. Um, there's some some sort of a part-time uh, internship content writing sort of a thing and uh, uh -huh. it, it would be 10 10 15 10 30 and i i just i called shopa up and i'm like shopa i know this is going to sound ridiculous but hear me out we should start we should start our own thing we should we should give out advice and we should create our own thing and I, I was really, I, I was a little nervous because I, I, I was thinking about this uh, that evening, but I, I had no idea how this could play out. And the one person that I trusted in, in all of this in law school and, and every part of this was Shopa. And I knew if, uh, I had to do anything of this sort that is really scary because starting your own thing is, like I said, it sounds crazy when you think about it, that, oh my God, I'm just, you, you suddenly think how young you are that, oh, Am I, am I capable enough? So I called Shopa that night and Kishan, it was amazing because in a matter of a couple of hours, we decided that this is what we wanted to do. And no matter whether it was successful or whether it, it wouldn't pick up, we wanted to give it our all. So we came up we came up with the idea within about an hour or so. We started talking about the brochures on how we would go about it. And then we started looking for the names. Now, um, Shubha, why don't you go ahead to tell about the name bit? Uh, yes. So this is where I would say my so-called literature research skill come in. So as you know, and uh, that I'm very, um, I post very often on Instagram and all those captions that I get are all basically off of Pinterest. Yes, I'm revealing my secret here, guys. It's all of Pinterest. 
this is the right kind of research you need to do to get good captions and uh, and pinterest is like my go to thing for seeking inspiration with respect to anything for that matter it's not only with respect to captions for my instagram posts but in general because um uh, like with respect to curating an outfit or learning how to tie a scarf and any anything very random pinterest is a very exciting tool that way and uh, since we were on the like you know like she how athri had mentioned we were just talking about this and to reflect why we are starting this entire organization of this thing i was just looking at a lot of um, random words to be very honest like athri and i we have this uh, thing for aesthetic words we just look at words and we get happy you know we look at random french words latin words and we get very happy about it so uh, because i keep scrolling through a lot of these words meraki just popped up and uh, the moment i looked at the word it was so beautiful you know it, it just like you know it kind of moved me internally the, by just looking at the word so meraki is basically a verb it is a greek word which means to do something with soul creativity or love to put something of yourself in your work and the moment i shared this word with atreya she also instantaneously fell in love with it because we knew this is exactly what we are trying to put out there it was like a true reflection of our work of our work ethic and about this entire concept so that's how it all came about yeah basically all my instagram caption searching things led to the name of our company so yeah <laughs> i i absolutely loved the term because like she said it it literally means that you put a piece of yourself you put a piece of your soul into whatever it is you do and um we were just talking about how we're inspired by so many different things and how we try to help people out and no matter what it is you will never find us sending a 30 second voice note to anybody it's always going to be a 5 or 10 long minute voice note explaining things in detail whether it's about a tv show or whether it's about a case law we studied we we've never ever compromised on that and that's why as soon as she sent this it's completely correct because it hit it hit my heart it hit my soul that this is this defines us as people and we want our company our little venture we want our brand to define us so meraki was it was it's truly it's it's just like that it's a bit of magic that we put in and that's why we wanted to make sure that it is personalized and it's for each person because we want to do that for anybody who trusts us with the process now the word uh, meraki is takes me to europe uh, It just takes me to Europe, Greece, and all of that. I'm just imagining driving through a countryside road with the top down, <laughs> feeling the wind. Perfect. Okay. Uh, so where we left off last time, we were talking about uh, Europe. I mean, I brought up the term Europe, uh, but yeah. Huh. <laughs> okay. Uh, so um, LLM in a different country uh, with different people. Uh, a lot of new things for us as Indians. Uh, a lot of new uh, cultures and all, a lot of new terms a lot of new uh, everything new like how uh, you you both of you have been uh, been to other countries both of you have seen a lot of uh, both of you have been exposed to a lot of the uh, norms and cultures that happen there so uh, how do you think how difficult would it be to you know uh, pursue such a very dignified and a professional course in such a foreign country which is actually foreign to us mhm i think um one of the key things before before we probably answer that is that the best thing about actually pursuing it in in different countries is that you know this notion that we have over here that it is you know it's a professional course and we have to we can only be be a certain way about it that that perception is something that that needs to be changed a little i think it's so important that you're able to have fun that you're able to party have a good time while also pursuing um academics and doing things which are super challenging and going to a foreign country and having that exposure of of their way of life for example on on generally europeans they're a little more laid back in their approach and everywhere in us and in in um in europe and uk for example all of these places they do not work on week 
weekends. They will hate you if you send them something on a Saturday or Sunday. Not even that. They'll hate you if you talk to them on a Friday evening. They're not going to want that. And I think some. I think that's something that would be really good exposure for students, especially Indian in in general, because we're so used to such a hectic hectic um, acad um, academic schedule and also when we're interning the work schedule. We have to work on, on weekends. We, we have um, college on weekends as well. And this is unheard of in these other, in these other universities in foreign countries. And just realizing that you can strike a balance between having fun and pursuing these other things. I mean, if you follow Shopa or me on Instagram, for example, you'll know that we are not all about studies. <laughs> We're not all about yeah. our academics. <laughs> and I think that's really important. And going to a different country, a different university, talking to different people, it'll, it'll give you that exposure to different walks of life, culturally, socially. Um, and it is, it is definitely going to be overwhelming. So learning to be adaptive is, is something, but if you are going, if you are going to do that, even when you're maybe a little more closed off, this is actually the best way to go about it. It's the best way for you to come, to come out of your shell and experience things and, and talk to people whose experiences are going to be very different from yours. So I did want to say that before anything else. Shilpa, do you want to add to anything of this? Yeah, of course, like whatever she said is 100% right and true, especially with respect to the weekend working culture. Because when I had also gone abroad and, you know, I went for competitions only mostly. So when we would uh, interact with um, the faculties of uh, foreign universities or teams from the universities and when we would just uh, indulge in like a fun conversation or something, we would come across or we would just discuss that how we have colleges even on a Saturday. And they would be shocked. They're like, what is wrong with you? Why would you go to college on a Saturday willingly? I was like, we didn't have a choice. So willingly or unwillingly, we had to be there irrespective. Like, even though it's half a day or whatever kind of uh, counter argument you might want to put, you still are going to college on a Saturday. And that is something that doesn't usually happen in the foreign countries. So, yeah. But uh, one of the, like, something I would really want to uh, put out there is that, you know, when you're going abroad, you should go with a clean canvas of a perception. You know, you should never have any preconceived notions about what a different country might be like. And also, don't be so caught up or so held up within your own, uh, what you call cultures. I'm not saying lose your culture when you go abroad, but be open to adapt to the uh, you know foreign culture as well, because that is the time that you will actually enjoy it. If you are already so caught up in yourself and you're trying to feel like, no, I cannot let go what I am. Like I only want to eat Indian food even when I go abroad, then that would be something difficult because you need to understand you're going to a different country, a different continent who do not even have the same sort of grains or spices as what we have. So, you know, it is going to be like a very, it'll be very difficult if you are very uh, stubborn about these little things because, you know, true enjoyment comes from food and that is not an understatement. And I know Atreya will definitely agree with to it because we are both foodies and we love to eat and we love experimenting with different cuisines and stuff. So it'll be very great that, you know, these little, little things that you start accepting and adapting with or to from of that particular country, that'd be a very good way to, you know, explore to the best of the best cultures, which will actually help. Uh, you know, professionally as well, because the kind of exposure you would get there, because usually when uh, people meet over there, even for like, you know, business meetings and stuff, they meet up at restaurants or something over dinner or over lunch or something. And, you know, usually the conversation would start off by just, just discussing about some travel adventure or even some food adventure of yours. But then, you know, if you do not have those kind of little, little experiences, it will be very difficult for you to even make general small talk. So th these are small things. For you to keep in mind, in addition to what, of course, Atriya had said, to, you know, make your entire study experience much more because it's not only about studying. It is all about how you make the right balance between studies and having a good time. Yeah, and um, I really, I, I just want to thank Shilpa for bringing out that point because that is one of the most important things on having an interesting experience and having an interesting personality. So if... 
uh, like, like, like she was just saying, if you go for these business lunches or dinners, uh, to give you an example, I remember when my sister, she was studying in Rotterdam, their professors in the evenings, they would invite the students and they would all get a beer together and they would sit at one of the cutest little pubs and they would all talk and discuss. And if anyone brought about things like, um, you know, studies or their marks or something like that, I don't think anyone would love that. <laughs> so it's, it's all about being adaptive and understanding that there's more to a person and there's more to yourself than talking about only studies and things like that. And the truth is, no matter where you go, you're going to be paying a lot of money for an LLM. So if you go there only, only for that, you'll be missing out on a whole other experience. So keep, keep it interesting who you are as a person. And like she, like, like Shilpa just mentioned, be open. That's the most important thing. Be open to have fun and just experience things that you generally may not have been able to in, in your home country. Uh, okay, uh, so I think this, this question will be a little off topic, but I really want to know what you guys think about this. So how important, you know, when we were kids, you know, we never used to care about whatever we spoke. You know, whatever things come out of our mouths would be alright because we were kids. Now that we're all adults and we have the responsibility to uh, be correct in whatever we say, uh, the term being politically correct, being having the uh, having uh, choosing your words precisely or choosing your words rightly. Now, how important is it is that uh, as you move forward in your career and uh, because I think that would that being the one of the most important thing because whatever you say is open to interpretation and you can hurt a person's feeling even by the slightest way, uh, even without you knowing. So I think that's really important. But at the same time, wouldn't it be like uh, an inhibition to your expression of or, or your train of thought? Or you want to put this in this way and people are like, uh, no, you can't say this, you can't do this. That's not the right thing to do. No, how important is that uh, is the understanding of that perspective of being politically or being using the right uh, right terms at the right time how important is that uh, in the long run you know being politically correct and being more than that being culturally sensitive is it's very important especially in the long run and when you go to different countries that's something that you're going to genuinely be a little cautious about but it doesn't mean that you have to restrict yourself you're i think it's very important to remember that you can always put across your point in a kinder way and in case you aren't able to do that you don't have to have the ego to deny it you can you should always accept if you've been incorrect or if you've hurt somebody's feelings, because while we should always make our best effort to make sure we don't do that, no matter what happens, sometimes at some point, you're gonna say something that hurts somebody else. And then if they, if they call you out on it, the, the automatic response is to obviously be very defensive saying, oh, I didn't mean it like that. You know, why don't you take a joke or something like that? And that is the, I would say that that's a wrong thing to do. If somebody is hurt by something, it doesn't matter what your intention was because you hurt that person. You should acknowledge it, apologize, and try to try to do better next time. So that, that is something that I just wanted to say at the outset because uh, it, it, like you mentioned, it is very important. And especially when you're meeting people who are going through different walks of life and who, who are from different cultures, different races, it, it is very difficult because sometimes when you're brought up in a, in a more closed environment, you may, you may be, if I can use the term woke, you can be woke about these things, but you may not be able to execute or implement it properly because you don't have the experience in it. You may not understand certain. Um, uh, now, of course, there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of gender norms and things like that have come out, and we have to try to make sure that we can do better. But if we make a mistake, we should acknowledge it, apologize, and probably just just work on it in in the, in the next in the next time. It's just that, that that's something I wanted to tell you because it is important. But you can't always you can't always do the right thing, unfortunately, and you need to you need to say sorry when you do that. Uh, Shilpa would actually be a very good person to talk about, about some of these things, I feel, though. Oh, well, 
So the thing is, of course, you know, you are entitled to your own opinions. At the same time, you need to use effective communication skills because it all boils down to that. Like how Athriya was also saying, of course, you don't have to, you know, agree with something that someone said because, of course, you might have like different opinions about it politically or however, whatever. So, you know, what you should strive for is that, you know, you use words which are very neutral in nature so that even when you're trying to put across a very varying opinion it doesn't come off as an offensive thing to the other person right because sometimes you might actually be unaware of it you might actually have no intent to harm or hurt anybody but by solely by the kind of words you use it might seem offensive and that is something you i mean not you as a new person of course that a person should keep in mind and you know, that's why I, I'm, I'm trying to specifically focus or, you know, stress on the fact of effective communication. And because personally, I've seen a lot of people who, you know, just for the hell of it and because, oh, because under the garb of I have freedom of speech and expression, this is like the, one of the most, you know, uh, I, I wrongly used statements or rights of a person. Just because you have a right doesn't mean you can go on to hurt somebody. That is wrong. That is not right to hurt somebody, right? So that's why... People need to strive towards better communication skills. That is all it requires to put out whatever you want to say, but in a very nice way so that, you know, in case you are unaware about certain things, at least it won't come off as offensive and the other person at the receiving end and will also realize and understand that you're not trying to offend them. It is just mainly because you're unaware of it. Because right now we are moving to a very open society and open kind of world with so many different kind of inclusivities of from gender to body images, a lot of things, you know. So very often it is possible that you do not catch up on the trend as fast as the others are. And you might be somewhere in the gray area and then you might, you know, sometimes might end up saying some, something insensitive. And that's why, you know, when you try uh, using communicate uh, effective communication skills, that is basically being nice about whatever you're saying. And, you know, in a very nice manner, it I would say it would help to go a certain way. Like in addition to whatever Athra is saying that, you know, of course, apologize when you have realized that you've made a mistake. It is not going to put you down. It will only actually raise you higher because you have the magnanimity to accept your mistake and understand that you made some uh, made a mistake and you are ready to better yourself. So that is something very important. Yeah, I think um, yeah that answers my question. And uh, <clears throat> the fact that a lot of people are really uh, stubborn or if I can use the term, are really, uh, you know, they have that uh, very uh, diverse. Uh, okay, uh, let's just uh, cut to the chase. I lost my train of thought. Okay, anyway, um, so I think this will probably be my last question right now. So I'm not gonna uh, spoil the magic that you guys have when you guys are having that uh, face uh, one on one conversation with your client, but what's the uh, strategy or what's the structure do you guys suggest uh, for you for everyone or for anyone who's listening to this who's really uh, passionate about uh, following their llm or uh, doing it in a in a foreign country what's the structure that everyone has to follow um so uh, if I could just clarify do you mean uh, the structure in terms of how to go about the llm in in that sense yeah, you could say that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so that's good. Um, yeah. So we believe at at a very personal level at Meraki because right now it it's it's me and it's Shopa and we do everything to to intricate detail and we try to make sure that some whatever component is part of the LLM process it is different it's unique and it's representative of a person so my advice to anybody who's interested in that is to follow through along similar lines and work towards work towards things that like i had mentioned earlier talk about who you are because you are going to essentially have to fill out an application form and you're going to have to submit your cv your statement of purpose and you're going to have to submit letters of recommendation apart from this you have to submit additional scholarship essays if you want to apply for them and in each of these components there are tons and tons of applicants, right? These universities are going to be getting hundreds, thousands of, of students who want to be a part of their community. So you have to do things 
in such a manner that nobody else would ever try to do it because you are going to be so unique in your approach, which is why when you draft each of these documents, it has to be completely different. It can't just be something that, that you've taken off the internet or that you're in, oh, you're so-called uh, you're so-called inspired by another person's work that you try to write it and create something similar. That is, that, that, that's just not, uh, it's just not going to be the correct way to go about it. Because what these people want to see, they of course want to see your, your, your enthusiasm to study. They want to see your professional achievements because this after all is a postgraduate degree. So your academics and your work is, is going to play a, a role. Your academics is going to be primary and then the other things. But if you are applying with so many other applicants who have the same credentials as you, what are you doing to make yourself look different? It, it can be anything. It doesn't even have to just be the content. It's also about presentation of each of these documents. How are you going to make it look different? How are you going to sound different that you would stay in the minds of the admissions committee? So you have to think as a student, you have to think as your own professor when you're writing your own LORs in, in some cases. You have to give a draft so that the teachers can then work on it later. But you do have to, you do have to put across the things that, that, that really make you stand out. And when you are doing all of this, you have to think as a student, as a professor, and as the admissions committee. So you have to keep all of these in mind. And if you tackle these one by one, and you don't have to be in a rush if you if you take the proper time out you'd be able to do brilliantly as long as you have that effective time management and you think out of the box and put your creativity to test and make yourself seem like the best version of, of not only you but of all the other students in in your college or who are, who are going to be applying so that is the thought process that that's necessary and it can be a little difficult and it can be overwhelming but uh, hey, that's what Meraki is here for. <laughs> yeah, I guess she couldn't have summed it up better. It, it is like the most perfect and the closest thing that, you know, uh, we would ever suggest. Well, you know, we can't, of course, give, our, uh, give out our trade secret, of course. But yeah, <laughs> it's all about being very personalized. And, you know, how, see, there's always a fine line of, you know, sharing too much. At the same time, giving the right kind of personal experiences, you know, to motivate or, you know, try to, uh, you know, make the applications committee, you know, feel or try to understand what you're exactly trying to put out there. Like, you know, uh, to be in the millennial courts, you know, you need to make them vibe your vibe with your vibe. <laughs> exactly, I would say. <laughs> so it's something like that, you know, sometimes people might not even like the little, little experiences of their life, they might think, oh yeah, is this really something worth putting it in? But like how in, uh, in like earlier in our discussion where Atriya had said, you need to try linking, you know, your uh, passion somehow to, you know, law in a very creative manner. That's what is something that, you know, will take you a long way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I think uh, I ran out of questions to ask you and uh, the material that I've prepared is uh, practically over. Uh, so, am I going to get a discount when I uh, come to you guys for LLM <laughs> advice? For sure, of course. <laughs> this is such a great opportunity for us to be on this uh, no, podcast of yours. This is great. Thank you so much. I'm really happy. Yeah, it gave us a great opportunity <laughs> to talk yeah. to you and for Shilpa and I to go back to the roots of how we began this. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really happy to have like two strong uh, business women right now. I can, I think I can use that <laughs> properly. Uh, uh, I'm really happy to talk to you both because you, you guys have really inspired me. And uh, in, in some of the other way, I think I've looked up to you. Uh, I've looked up to Shilpa in uh, some aspects as uh, like, okay. Uh, one thing that I want to emphasize here was uh, her uh, signing off speech uh, from uh, was an MCC last year. Yeah. That was the most, <laughs> most stylish way. Yeah, that was the most stylish way to sign off. Uh, yeah, signing off Shilpa Sai. That was so good. You know, uh, I think, yeah, I'm really uh, happy to have known you guys and to have gotten uh, an opportunity to share the, um, the most important uh, aspects and to get knowledge from you both. I think that's really good. Uh, Takeaway for Diwali for me. 
Oh, that's so sweet. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it's really so overwhelming to know that, you know, like, you know, at an individual level, you sometimes feel like, you know, am I making some impact on this, in this world or something? Like, we don't really do things with the agenda to make a difference or something. But if somehow the normal work that we do is translating into becoming inspirations for others, that in itself is a huge achievement for us, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's great. Thank you so much for, you know, getting this to us and making my day at least. <laughs> Yeah, you really have. We're absolutely honored to have been a part of this. I'm, I'm so, I'm so happy. I'm probably definitely gonna tell. I'm gonna call Shopa after this and, and talk about this. <laughs> and really, yeah, happy to have talked to you guys. And okay, so before I usually end the show, I give my uh, guest thirty seconds to say whatever they want to. Uh, uh, politically right, all of that aside, uh, you guys can say whatever you want to, uh, you, it's an open space. Yeah, 30 seconds for each of you. So who wants to go first? Atriya, please go first. <laughs> Wait, but, but what? <laughs> um, what, 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 what do I say? Yeah, 30 seconds from now going, uh, it's open to you. All right. Okay. Um, I, I'm just going to use this this little bit of time to to talk about um, just little inspirations once again because I feel like it's super super important. Um, I, I I did want to mention uh, that you know this this lockdown period it's been very trying and very challenging on me personally because um, I unfortunately lost I lost a lot and in the process I lost um, you know I lost a bit of my heart and soul and working on something that I love with one of my most favorite people in the world, Shofa, has just been, has been one of the most incredible things that could have happened to me. And I just wanna, I just wanna tell anybody out there, whoever listens to this, that try to find a friend who is, who is at, at that level, who is your soulmate and who's your family and who you can pursue your dreams and passion with. I just wanted to say that because I couldn't have got through this lockdown without Shofa personally. And if, if you're able to find that, you've already won at life. Don't, don't worry about anything else. Things will fall into place. I, I'm going to use my 30 seconds to talk about one of the most important things, which was friendship. <laughs> Yeah, I'm and good. I didn't think about that. You just stole my idea. What is this? Now, what am I supposed to say? What are the 30 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, well, uh, of course, since uh, um, Atriya stole my idea, I'll deal with that later. But no copy. Yeah, so in addition, idea <laughs> not protected under the law. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to use expressions also. So there will be one copyright infringement suit that will come flying after this. Like, Shulpa, what is this? Anyway, <laughs> oh yeah, this is something that always happens. Okay, I'm again digressing. So every time we are talking, somehow we'll go on to the topic of copyright and we start making silly, lame jokes. <laughs> so you know what? This is what friendship, where you can talk about anything under the sun and at the end, culminate back or circle back to your passion is something truly beautiful and magical. And actually, now that I've gotten a chance to experience this kind, of friendship, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how was I, how, I mean, how was I living all this while? Because this is truly something you need in life to cherish. You know, when people say, uh, when people say, you know, the relationships have to be, you know, boy and girl or whatever, like you know, basically between romantic partners or something. I would say these are equally important, or I would say probably more important because there's unconditional love and support involved, and that is something that is going to remain with you forever. So yeah. Friendship forever, I would say that. And <laughs> signing off, Shilpa sign. Ooh, style. Cool. I like that. <laughs> okay, so one last thing. What's the last song you guys listened to? Um, I oh, I, I listened to Riptide Bounce Joy. Oh, nice. I was listening to this um, Spanish song actually. It's called Hawaii by. Maluma, I'm not too sure, you know, but yeah. So I'm kind of learning Spanish right now. So I'm a lot into reggaeton, but I've always been into Spanish music. So yeah, I've just been, yeah, dancing to the tunes of Hawaii and trying to I've been speak. I've 2013 or 12. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I perpetually stuck in that uh, what you call era of music. I would say. I think that was the best, uh, you know, best time for music. Two thousand and eight to twelve, right? Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, EDM was uh, at the very beginning of its uh, impact, and uh, all of those artists were awesome. Like now, it's just repetitive, uh, if I can say that. But yeah, yeah, that true. was damn good. <laughs> Okay, uh, but I'm into mainstream pop, hmm. so whatever new and whatever whatever comes new on the eighty forty whatever playlist by Ryan Seacrest something I is what I'll be jamming to for the next <laughs> week. So that's all. So I'm not very selective about music per se, but yeah, I mean, Atri, I would say I only listen to trashy music, so that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Okay, so I don't focus on the lyrics. I focus on the beats. <laughs> okay, so one more thing: uh, is One Direction back? Are they back? So they're not. Back. They're not coming back anytime soon. They've all gone their separate ways, and they're actually establishing themselves very well independently, also. But there was like there were there were some rumors about them coming back together or something. Yeah. Yeah, Jonas also came back, of course, but that happened like two years ago only, yeah, almost. Mm-hmm, yeah. But yeah, one as of now, there's no official reunion on the cards, at least, because I mean, I would say because I've been following them like as artists per se, and not only just a fan girl, they have very independent, different types of music styles and genres that they like, you know, singing about and everything. Because now, if you could, if you would actually listen to all of their music. Like the independent music, you would see there's such a difference or contrast in the styles of music, and you know to actually constrain them by putting into something very pop, which is not really their thing that they were passionate about. So I mean, they're all doing good for themselves. So I'm happy for One Direction as not being One Direction right now, like you know for their self happiness. Yeah. Okay, I went too deep. Never mind. Let's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I can agree on that term because. Uh... Like looking at Harry Styles in Dunkirk was an amazing thing. I really enjoyed his performance in that movie. Ah. Okay. Uh, so enough of this. Uh, thank you guys uh, for spending your you. uh, Diwali time uh, with talking to me. It was really good. Uh, it was a fun, productive conversation. So thank you. Thank Likewise, you. So- thank you so much. <laughs> Yeah, can't wait to you know see you guys personally after this uh, is done. You know, it's all through the screen, but yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> okay. Probably um, one day if you become a filmmaker, try putting us in your movie or something. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, uh, Shilpa, you're getting your acting role, and uh, Atreya is gonna <laughs> be there. I need a lead actress role, right? And I will tell you who I need as a lead actor also, by the way. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. I'll yeah. be off, uh, off uh, recording. I can't uh, expose uh, all the public podcast. Confidential matter. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so on that amazing note, uh, thank you guys uh, for listening, and thank you guys for being here. So yeah, I'll see you all on the flip side. Bye bye. Yes. Yes. Bye. Thank you.